Hello and welcome to the Sick Podcast, Giant Central, the sickest New York Giants podcast on the planet, universe, multiverse. Brother, it does not matter, does not get better than this. I'm your host, Desmond Novak. Welcome to episode 17. Going to be breaking down the oncoming Jets and Giants week 8 preview. And it's going to be another week without Daniel Jones, unfortunately. Hit it, Sammy. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Giant Central. Incomplete, and the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. The sickest New York Giants podcast. It's going to be sick. All right, y'all, this goes out to my NBA fans out there. As you know, the wait is over. Basketball is back, baby, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, of course, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down just five smackaroos on the NBA. Win or lose, it don't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at an even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball, like football, is more fun when you're in on the action. We all know that, ladies and gentlemen. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 6sports. New customers, again, can bet just $200 instantly. And or no, they actually get $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code 6sports. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. With that out of the way, let's get right into it. Jets, Giants, going to be talking about the injury report because it's a little loaded. I'm not too overly concerned going into this week injury-wise like I was last week. I'll just go over some of the names. We have Saquon Barkley. These are all limited, questionable, whatever. Saquon Barkley, Adore Jackson, Daniel Jones, Evan Neal, Wandell Robinson, John Michael Schmitz, Kayvon Thibodeau, Andrew Thomas, and Darren Waller. Like I said, I'm not too worried about a lot of these guys. Like I fully expect Wandell, Darren Waller, Kayvon Thibodeau to play, Saquon as well. Uh, who uh, Evan Neal is a little more on the like I'm not sure spectrum. He missed last week. Tyree Phillips stepped up, looked great, only allowed one pressure and 39 pass blocking snaps. Andrew Thomas was uh, officially listed as doubtful today, so definitely not going to play this week. Another week of no Andrew Thomas, which means that we're probably going to see Justin Pugh at left tackle, which isn't the best thing. But the biggest story going into this game is once again, no Daniel Jones. And it kind of escalated to where Brian Dable, when asked about if this season, if this injury could be season ending for Daniel Jones, said that he doesn't have a crystal ball when it comes to injuries like this and that they're going to take it week by week. And that's not something we want to hear. We all know Daniel Jones had his uh, neck injury in 2021, caused him to miss, I believe, the final eight games of that season. And it's just neck injuries are never fun, especially with a quarterback and I hope to see him back because regardless of if you think Tyrod Taylor is the, should be the giant starting quarterback, you always, you never want to see a player get hurt, let alone like a very stand-up good guy like Daniel Jones. So hopefully he'll be back at some point this year. Hopefully this injury doesn't hold him out any longer than a couple more weeks. But that out of the way, Tyrod Taylor is going to be starting again. He's looked great in the two starts we've seen from him. Won the Giants a game against a well, – the defense technically won that game, but obviously, you know, t- 
typically when you win a game, you score more points than the other team. And Tyrod Taylor finally managed to do that. Scored the Giants' first two touchdowns in like five weeks. Then it feels like I yes, actually, yeah, because week three was against the Niners, and that is the last time the Giants scored a touchdown. Uh, as for the Jets defense, it's pretty goddamn good. They rank 26 in passing yards allowed, 21st in touchdowns, and are tied for third in interceptions with eight. And unfortunately for the Giants, good for the Jets. Both Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed are going to be back this week after missing the previous game due to being in the concussion protocol. These guys are two of the best players at their position, and the Jets are like, it's I, like I'm very indifferent towards the Jets, but I like seeing them succeed because you know they're a New York team, and to see them, I think they got both of them in the same off season. Like that's pretty great for them because DJ Reed was like a a good but not great corner, and now he gets and then since joining the Jets, he's elevated his game and Sauce Gardner fourth overall pick, my second favorite defensive player from that draft class, showing everyone why he should have went fourth and why the Texans may regret taking Derek Stingley over him. Uh, but outside of the Jets injury protocol or injury report, there's not really anyone noteworthy. I it's like Irv Charles is not playing this week, which darn. Like, what will the Jets do without him? Uh, the run defense, though, is middle in the pack. They have uh, they rank 13th in rushing yards allowed, 12th in yards per carry, but they've only allowed two rushing touchdowns on the entire season, which isn't great. But honestly, when you're playing against a running back like Saquon Barkley, allowing just two touchdowns on the season might not mean that much. Uh, and when I was, like, doing my research for today's episode, looking at, like, the Jets' defense and their numbers, in my mind, I'm like, man, looking at like their depth chart, they have an insanely good pass rush, but statistically, they're not really there. They have registered a shit ton of pressures this season. They have 70, which is eighth in the NFL, but they only have 13 sacks, which is two more than what the Giants currently have. And everyone's been talking about the Giants pass rush like it's been massively disappointed. And I don't know what to think because 70 pressures is a lot. But at the end of the day, they're not finishing their plays. And the Giants offensive line with under Tyrod Taylor has been giving up those pressures. But because of the way Tyrod Taylor moves in the pocket, they're not really giving up as many sacks as they were with Daniel Jones. So it's tough to say. But as for the Giants offensive line, could be pretty rough again. I'm not going to lie, man. No, John Michael Schmitz more than likely. No, Andrew Thomas. We already know that. I really, for the sake of Justin Pugh, I want—I mean, and, and and Andrew Thomas, of course, I want to see Andrew Thomas come back because Justin Pugh and like the 10 or so snaps we saw of him at guard looked good. And then he, with Josh Isudu going out with injury against the Bills, he was forced to step up a left tackle and he's looked solid, but has had some definitely bad moments because he's what, 33 years old, coming off a torn ACL, has historically always played guard since like basically after his third or fourth season in the NFL, there is no reason for him to be playing tackle. And I would really like to see him shift it back to guard because I think he could be a real difference maker for this offensive line. And man, I just thinking of like Quinn and Williams against Ben Bredesen has me uh, pretty, pretty worried here. Uh, that's I'm going to move in next to uh, the keys for the game for the offense in which number one on this is to get Wondell Robinson the goddamn ball. The Jets rank eighth in yards after the catch allowed and have missed the ninth most tackles in the NFL. Wondell is one of the Giants' best uh, offensive weapons, but he didn't really get the ball much last week, and it didn't matter because they won the game, and 
you know, who cares about stats? But Wandale is probably outside of Saquon Barkley, the Giants' best uh, open field weapon. He has great hands. I don't believe he's dropped a pass this season. He he's been incredible. Like to to keep it at that. And with how poor the Jets' defense has been in the open field, they need to take advantage of that. I'd like to see maybe even getting Saquon lined up outside every now and then. But I kind of doubt we see Mike Kafka get that crazy. Uh, up next. Continue to feed Darren Waller. He had his best game of the season last week. He's continued to look like one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He's been a great safety net for Tyrod Taylor since coming in. And I like, I'm not going to say I'm like surprised by Darren Waller, but it's been nice. It's been really nice to finally have like a consistent weapon on offense where like every week, you know, he's going to do something. We have the Giants haven't had that since Odell Beckham Jr. And we're talking like that's what 2018, 2019 which feels like ancient times compared to now. Um, just feed Darren Waller. The Jets have some pretty solid linebackers, CJ Mosley, and I believe Quincy Williams are their main two guys there. They've both been great this season, but coverage-wise, they're not guys who I'm really scared of, especially against a guy like Darren Waller. And finally, take deep shots. Continue to throw the ball deep. I know the Jets have elite corners, Austin, DJ Reed are going to be back, but outside of those two, their secondary, at least in terms of corners, is pretty damn weak, and I don't even think their safeties are that magnificent either to the point where if you have that mismatch, take it. If you get Jalen Hyatt lined up outside, even if it's against one of DJ Reed or Sauce Gardner, and you see the safety playing low, throw that damn ball up. The Giants offense, for not to criticize Daniel Jones, has looked better under Tyrod Taylor for the simple fact of they're getting the ball downfield more efficiently because they're taking deeper shots. Daniel Jones is going to run the clock better and take more time on possessions, giving the defense more time to rest and more time to shut down opposing teams offenses. But it wasn't it wasn't working. And under Tyrod Taylor, it hasn't been great, but it's been working better. I trust Tyrod's instincts on throw, on deep throws more than I do Daniel Jones, and hopefully he won't let us down because it, man, it could get really interesting because I hate to bring it up every week, but it's something that almost has to be talked about because it's really important of. So now you forgot that the we forget that the Giants almost beat the the Bills and that they beat the Commanders last week. If you go two and one in your three games under Tyrod Taylor after starting off, what, one and four with Daniel Jones? I I can't be convinced that Daniel Jones should come back in right away maybe you can start Tyrod and if he starts screwing up you can throw Daniel Jones in but the offense has simply looked better and I'm not going to sit here and deny that and I'm not going to I feel like I'm not going to say you're delusional if you think otherwise because I will say I do think the Giants would have won with Daniel Jones at quarterback against the commanders but it, the offense is more fluid they they're able to open up the playbook more and be less predictable than they are with Daniel Jones and it's just, it's a tough situation. I, I hate that this is where we're at as, as a Giants fan because I got to deal with, not deal with, I got to enjoy watching Eli Manning uh, play football for 16 years of my life. So I never had to deal with the quarterback controversy because I'm not even going to mention Ben McAdoo uh, this episode more than that. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting game for the offense. The Jets defense basically shut down the Eagles, which fun fact, uh, the Jets beating the Eagles Last week was the first time the Jets have ever beaten the Eagles, like in their entire franchise history. Like they were 0 12 before that. So, shout out to the other New York team. 
That being said, I'm going to move on over to the defense. And boy, if I'm Wink Martindale, I'm licking my chops at the thought of having to play Zach Wilson. Like, this dude is fucking garbage. And I don't even like, I hate criticizing professional athletes. It's just, it's not really my thing because they're better at life than me. But Zach Wilson fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> he is thrown, I'm, I'm looking for it right now. He's thrown four touchdowns and five interceptions in his six games as a Jets starting quarterback. Hasn't thrown a touchdown in two weeks. The Jets have won both of those games, so shout out to them. But it hasn't been because of Zach Wilson. Maybe it's been because Zach Wilson hasn't been like worst quarterback in the league, but he hasn't been good. And the Jets offensive line isn't doing it many favors, favors either. That's another offensive line where it's like I look at them on paper, Mekhi Becton, uh, Lake and Tomlinson. Before he went down, I believe it was with a torn Achilles, which actually makes me very sad because I like this guy a lot. Elijah Vera, Vera Tucker. Those are three very solid guys, but even when they're all on the field, they have not looked good. They've given up 19 sacks, and Wilson's been pressured 89 times. That's pretty crazy when you think about it, because again, on paper, this is a fine offensive line. Some of this is on Wilson and him just not being a good quarterback and not knowing really how to navigate the pocket. But regardless, when watching film, the offensive line isn't look, they don't look good. The Giants pass rush, on the other hand, it's coming off their best game of the season. They had six sacks, shit ton of pressures, full all of Dexter, uh, Kayvon, and Leonard Williams, eight. All of them had at least a sack. I believe Kayvon had one and a half. Dexter had two or two and a half. Leonard Williams not only had a sack that led to the Giants' first touchdown in five weeks. Five weeks. Am I doing that? Oh, it just blows my mind like how long it's been like that first touchdown since the one before it. Um, and he also blocked a field goal, which feels like it's been forever since the Giants have had one of those. Um, during that game against the Commanders, which the Giants had six acts, Wink ran some really creative defensive stunts that we haven't seen all season. Like last year, we saw a lot of success with safety blitzes. It's a risky play to run. But when you have a guy like Jason Pinnock, who's super fast and can get to the quarterback, it really works out well. They did that. Pinnock got a sack. Micah McFadden had a sack. Leonard Williams, his only sack came off of a really creative defensive stunt. Because that's the thing. Wink Martindale runs really creative blitz sets. But when it comes to defensive line stunts, there's not much going on there. Like, it's pretty much just a straight rush from the front five, which is fine. It works. But, like, it would be nice to incorporate that more for a guy like Leonard Williams, who's, a, as I talked about on the last episode, a very selfless player. He sacrifices a lot taking double teams and really just focusing on stopping the run to let guys like Kayvon and Dexter Lawrence eat. Um, this could be a really good game from the pass rush once again. No one's hurt. I know uh, both Dexter and Leonard Williams popped up on the injury report, but we found out it was just because they were resting. Kayvon's the only one who's actually on the injury report. From everything I've heard from like Dan Duggan and other Giants reporters, he's probably going to play. He might not see 99% of snaps like he did last week, but it's good to see that he is just continuing to stay healthy compared to Aziz Ojolari, who has not been able to do that in his three years in the league now, around there. Kayvon's continued to look great this season. He's been a huge part of the Giants defense after a slow start. He's now up to five and a half sacks and 21 pressures, which is pretty damn good. I believe Kayvon had 40 pressures all of last season. Granted, he did miss a couple games, but to see that he's already 19 pressures off of his total from last year and has already surpassed his sack total from last year, that's improvement. Is he perfect? Has he been perfect? No. Has he been 
amazing? No, he's been great, though. He's been a difference maker, which is what the Giants have needed him to be because outside of Dexter Lawrence, who had his best game of the season last week, they don't really have much in the pass rush. Aziz Ojolari is constantly hurt. Leonard Williams has kind of molded himself into more of a run stopper. But it, I'm really interested to see how the Jets kind of handle Dexter Lawrence, just speaking of him, because he had his best game of the year because he wasn't double teamed a lot because for some reason the commander thought it'd be a good idea to leave him on an island with Nick Gates. And I love Nick Gates. He's one of my favorite giants of the last like 10 years, but he's like a fine center. He, he was a good center with the giants. He's not been very great this season. Dexter Lawrence feasted on him, had like two or three sacks, eight pressures looked great. I fully expect the jets to go back to doubling him, which could open up room for cave on the outside to, basically kind of like outrun and bully guys like Mackay Becton. And I don't even know who their left tackle is. Dwayne Brown is Dwayne Brown back. I remember like four weeks ago, I was in a 2k lobby with Dwayne Brown, which is funny because the dude's like 40 years old and playing NBA 2k 24 at, at this age. I digress. That's uh, n- no more tangents. Uh, the giants run defense. though; they have to step it up this week. If there is one jets player on this offense that I'm like genuinely scared about, it's Brees Hall. Uh, he's been phenomenal this year when not on a snap count. And even even outside of Brees Hall, the, the Jets uh, run offense has been fine. Not a top unit, but like solid. They have a, a lot of solid but not great depth like Michael Carter and guys like that. But on the other hand, you have the Giants run defense, which looks like fucking dog shit. Uh, they rank third in rushing yards allowed, third in touchdowns, and third in yards per carry allowed. They've looked better recently with Micah McFadden and Bobby O'Karake both finally stepping into their roles and becoming the top-tier linebackers that the team has really needed them to be. Like last week against the Commanders, completely shut down their run game aside for a couple seven-yard plays. It's just games like the Dolphins that really kind of killed their numbers and the later half of the Bills game where James Cook started going off. Um, speaking of which this kind of goes into my problem, uh, with PFF. I talk about it all the time. I might've mentioned it last episode, but I don't remember. So I'm just gonna say it again. I love Micah McFadden. He's surprised me a lot this year with how good he's been. Cause I'm not even going to say he's been fine. He's been good this year. How the fuck was he the, the number one rated linebacker on PFF? According to PFF, I don't get that. I watched like not all, but like a decent amount of the film from the commanders game. And, and Micah McFadden was good, but best linebacker, according to your grading system in the NFL, not to mention he completely whiffed on a tackle during the game. But when you go and look at his numbers on PFF, they didn't give him a, a miss, which goes to show of why I don't really trust PFF all the time, because it when it comes to their subjective stats of like miss tackle or drop, they are very picky choosy on who they want to give whatever stats. Um, but for the uh, injury report on the defense, it's seeming like Adore Jackson should be good to go this week. Uh, missed last week due to a neck injury. And honestly, Trey Hawkins and Nick McLeod both stepped up very well. I don't think that they can do it at a sustainable rate, but it's going to be nice to see him back. I, I've been seeing a lot of stuff about the people talking about the Giants potentially trading Adore. And honestly, yeah, I'd consider it. I don't know if I'd want to give up like a six round pick for him just because there's not much of a point in trading him to me. Sure, getting like a random late round pick is cool, but I'd kind of rather just keep him for the season. Because realistically, if you trade him, you're going to have to eat up his salary because he's on the last year of his deal. So his cap hit is through the roof. 
if you're only getting a sixth round pick, why not just keep them? Keep them for your 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 playoff run that I'd hope the Giants are gonna push for. We'll have to see how this week and other weeks go. I, I just really hope that this commander's win gives them momentum because I don't want to see guys like Adore or Leonard Williams get traded, let alone Xavier McKinney, a guy who I talk about a lot, who I just really don't want to see the Giants trade away. But just like I did for the offense, I have some keys for the defense here, which is to stop Brees Hall. I am fucking terrified of Brees Hall because he just he's looked incredible behind a not very good offensive line. He's been by far and away the best part of their offense. You can talk about Garrett Wilson, but if Zach Wilson Zach Wilson can't throw a football. What is Garrett Wilson going to do? Brees Hall, all he needs is a ball in his hands, and he's going to cook. And with how bad the Giants' run defense has looked at times, I, I I don't know how to feel. Alongside that, put pressure on Zach Wilson. We saw how well that worked against Sam Howell, and I feel like these two are pretty comparable in the terms that they're both just shit quarterbacks. I mean, Sam Howell's fine. No, no he's not. He's not very good. Neither of these. They both fucking suck. And putting pressure on the quarterbacks of this caliber is how you force them to make mistakes like Sam Howell did against uh, on his interception. And even on the last play, I won't really call that like a mistake by him because it was a drop. But still, you put pressure on him. You force him to make a difficult throw that a quarterback of that caliber cannot make. Just continue to be creative with the defensive sets. You don't have to run all out blitzes. Run like that stunt that you gave Leonard Williams. Give that to him again. Get Jason Pinnock in on more safety blitzes and just make that dude shit himself in the pocket. Like if we lose to Zach Wilson, like I know I was saying this about Josh Dobbs uh, in week two and I almost ate my words, but I'm like so unconcerned about Zach Wilson as a quarterback. I'm scared shitless of Brees Hall and even Garrett Wilson, because even if Zach Wilson's terrible, all it takes is one deep ball to Garrett to Garrett Wilson and God knows what'll happen. But man. It's going to be a weird game. I'm not sure what to expect. Obviously, I want to see the Giants win. I kind of expect them to do just for the simple fact of this is going to be a slugfest of two defensive-oriented teams that really can't get much going on offense. But I trust Tyrod Taylor to win a game like this a lot more than I would Zach Wilson. But then again, it probably won't be Zach Wilson because it hasn't been Zach Wilson for the Jets the last two weeks. It's been Priest Hall and their defense. So that being said, going to cut it off here. If I had to give a final prediction, I'd say like Giants 17 Jets 10 like it's not going to be a very fun football product to watch thank you all so much for watching remember to like comment subscribe follow us on twitter at sick pod giants with that being said thank you again for watching this show has been a blast I know I don't really talk about like my thoughts on everything I love this show I've had so much fun and I'm very appreciative for the opportunities I've been given and you guys watching has just continued to give this uh opportunity a chance and I'm very thankful for it so that being said Thank you all again for watching. I'll see y'all in the next one. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Giant Central on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.